This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. And today we bring a conclusion to the annual Bible Prophecy Sermon Series. And if you're not familiar with Bible Prophecy, this message here will probably, unfortunately, go over your head. And I understand that because this is, this is the conclusion of the matter that we have talked about uh, since the beginning of the year. This morning, I'm preaching on life in the millennium, and I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 20, and I hope that uh, you will stay with us as much as possible. We've got a lot of acres to plow today. I want you to look with me now in Revelation chapter 20. The writer is the Apostle John. He is on the Isle of Patmos. The year is 8096. No one else is on this island but him. He is there because of preaching the gospel. And it was the intentions that he would uh, die a very lonely old man. And historians, theologians believe that John did eventually get off of Patmos and where he later died in Ephesus. But that's not what I'm preaching on today. While he was on Patmos, God gave him the greatest revelation of all time, recorded in these wonderful chapters before us today. And again, this, what I'm preaching today, is going to be what basically happens in the 1,000-year earthly reign of Jesus, which is known as the millennium. And so I pray that if you have been with us in all of these sermons thus far, that you, you're plugged into this, and uh, it will become, I believe, uh, very understandable. I'm going to do my best with it anyway. Revelation is a very difficult book all by itself, but uh, to stay with the prophecy, uh, it does take some diligent effort in studying. So I want you to notice with me now, I'm going to read Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. John said, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. Let me remind you that last Sunday we did speak about the Antichrist who will soon be revealed to this earth and his mark, the number 666. And the scripture says, and reigned with Christ a thousand years but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's the millennium. 
Amen. There's coming a day when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule from the throne of David in Jerusalem. This is prophetic. The word of God teaches us this. It's going to happen. Right now, the Lord Jesus is ruling the hearts of his people from the throne of heaven where he is seated at the right hand of his father. In fact, if you've wondered what Jesus is doing or where is Jesus right now, I want to give you the scripture. Right now, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And the word teaches us this in the book of Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now of the things which we have spoken this in the psalm, we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. That's where Jesus is right now. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, I want to give you a quick overview of the events yet to come leading up to the millennium in chronological order. Now, I've given you a place on your bulletin where you can fill in the blanks. I've given you the scripture. But this particular bulletin on today's sermon, I think will be beneficial for you in your personal study and in years to come if you hang on to it. I'm going to give you the things to put on the blanks, and I want you to stay with us and follow along and take some real good notes today. Again, this is in chronological order, the prophetic events that are yet to come. And I have taught you well, and I hope you have paid attention and listened and let the word of God sink down deep into your hearts because the next prophetic event on God's calendar is the rapture. You know about the rapture. You've heard about the rapture. I've taught about it. I've preached about it. The rapture is going to take place in a twinkling of an eye without warning. The scripture for that is 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 52. The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that was computed as best as humanly possible to be one twentieth of a second. And there are multiple things that are going to take place in this twinkling of an eye. Listen carefully. The word says this, and the apostle Paul is writing, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. This is talking about the dead in Christ. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. And then Paul says, and we, this is believers. Now, when the rapture takes place, it is only a resurrection for believers. The dead in Christ, the word teaches us, shall be raised incorruptible. And then we, Paul categorizes as he says, we, he's talking about believers, and we shall be changed. And so the first thing that happens in the rapture for the believers is that the dead in Christ will rise first. Paul said it this way in another place in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And look at this. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, how do you get in Christ? You see, everybody's not going to be in this resurrection. This is not a general re resurrection. 
In order to be in Christ, you have to know him as your personal savior. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, Paul says, we believers who are alive, which are alive and remain, listen carefully. When the rapture takes place, there are going to be believers on this earth. It could be me. It could be you. The rapture could take place in the next 30 seconds. It could take place in the next minute. It could take place tonight, tomorrow. It's imminent. And when it does take place, listen carefully, the dead in Christ, in Christ, they're going to rise first at the shout, the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we, those of us who may be living at the time of the rapture, the scripture says it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. We have no guarantee. There is absolutely nobody on the planet who knows when Christ is coming. And people who say they do, they're telling you a lie. Nobody knows. The word says not even the angels in heaven, only the Father. So listen carefully. When the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And if we are alive and remain when the Lord Jesus comes back, then Paul says this, then we, every believer who is alive at the time of the rapture, the scripture says this, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Thank God there's never going to be another separation. Then which we, we which are alive and remain, the scripture says, will be caught up with them. Now listen carefully because this is confusing for a lot of people. When a person dies in Christ and their soul goes to heaven, you do not get your glorified body then. That's important. I need to clarify that. But people ask me this question all the time. Yes, we will have real bodies in heaven. And yes, we will have a glorified body in heaven. And yes, the scripture says we will have a body fashioned and likened unto his own glorified body. But when we die, that's not the time we get our glorified body. They lower our body, our earthly body into the ground or they do whatever they want to do with it. Our soul in Christ goes to heaven. But when the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ rise first. Our soul that is now with Jesus, those who have died in Christ, their soul who is with Jesus, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when a person dies in Christ, their body stays behind, but their spirit, their soul goes to be with the Lord. Now here's what happens. <clears throat> when the trump of God sounds, when the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ are going to rise. The spirit or the soul that is with Jesus to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. The soul that is with Jesus is going to come back. The dead in Christ will be raised first. This is when we get the glorified body. And the scripture for that, notice with me in Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. When the rapture takes place in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and we put on incorruption for corruption, we exchange that. Paul said it this way, who shall change our vile body? I've preached it hundreds of times. These bodies cannot live forever. These bodies cannot live in heaven. They're imperfected. 
David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This thing about eternity and us going to be with the Lord forever. Listen, this body's not equipped to do that. So there has to be a transformation. There has to be a change. When the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ rise first. The spirit, the soul that is with Jesus now is going to come back and look at this. This is where the transformation takes place. This is where we get the new body. Who shall change? Who shall? This now, you have to remember that this is in future tense. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So listen, this twinkling of an eye thing, this is what happens in a 20th of a second. The best that it can humanly be computed or calculated in a 20th of a second, the twinkling of an eye, the, the trump will sound. The dead in Christ will rise. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. Our vile bodies will all be changed and we'll meet the Lord in the air in a 20th of a second, in the twinkling of an eye. How can that be, preacher? I don't know. Thank God I don't have to figure it out. I'm just God's mailman. I, all I got to do is give you the word. So you think about this. When this change takes place, we meet the Lord in the air. This is when the seven years of tribulation begins on the earth. The seven years for the believer will be totally different. For the child of God, if you're in Christ... When we meet the Lord in the air, when the rapture takes place, first now, for the first three and a half years, we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And that scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. I hope you're following along in your bulletin, writing these things down, because I'm giving them to you in the chronological order that it's going to happen. In the first three and a half years, for we must all, every believer in Christ, we must all, this is not going to be a general judgment. There will not be any lost people at the judgment seat. Their judgment is coming at the great white throne. This is not the great white throne. This is the judgment seat of Christ. Only believers will be there. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Now, the next three and a half, all that's going to take three and a half years. The next three and a half years, totaling seven, we move to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You have to understand that this world is still going through a seven-year tribulation process. I'll give you the scripture in a moment. But I want you to see this, the marriage supper of the Lamb. John writes in Revelation chapter 19, verse number seven through nine. He said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. All throughout the scriptures in Revelation, the word talks about Jesus who is the bridegroom. We who are in Christ, we are known as the bride, the bride of Christ. There's going to be a heavenly wedding that takes place at this judgment seat, at this rapture. The marriage of the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So 
The marriage of the lamb has come and his wife, the church, the bride, hath made herself ready. And to her was granted the bride that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, write, blessed are they, believers who are in Christ, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And so I want you to notice this now. When, when the Lord Jesus comes in the rapture, we meet him in the air. The first three and a half years with Jesus, he doesn't put his feet on the earth at that particular time. We meet him in the air, three and a half years of the judgment seat of Christ. Then we move to the second phase of this thing, the last three and a half years, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, while all believers are in the air doing those wonderful events that span seven years, all of the lost who are left on this earth when the rapture takes place, they're going to go through seven years of horrific events on this earth. At the end of the seven years, after the judgment seat of Christ, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, after seven years of horrific events on this earth called the tribulation, the latter part called the great tribulation, the Lord Jesus returns to the earth. Again in the rapture, he does not set his feet on the dirt. But seven years after the tribulation, he does come and he will stand upon this earth, this dirt again. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. Remember, we talked about the horses the other Sunday. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Who could that be? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 1. Look at this. And the armies, that's us in Christ, the redeemed, the armies which were in heaven. You say, I'm not riding a horse. Yes, you are. <laughs> and here's the scripture for it. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Giddy up! <laughs> Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress, the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The second passage I give you this morning is found in the Old Testament in Zechariah chapter 14 and verse number 4. This prophecy was given 700 years before Jesus was even born. Look at this. And his feet shall stand in that day. Talking about the day of the Lord, the revelation seven years after the tribulation, and his feet. You see, when he comes in the rapture, we meet him in the air. But here, seven years later, in the revelation, his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, 
which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives, look at this now, shall cleave in the midst toward uh, thereof toward the east, toward the west, and there shall be a great valley, and a half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. This is when the battle of Armageddon will be fought. In this battle, this is important. I want, I want you to understand how severe this is going to be. I have stood in the valley of Jezreel many times. I've taken many of you with me to the Holy Land many times. I have taken you to where this battle is going to be fought. Napoleon said this when he stood in the valley of Jezreel. He said, there is no greater battlefield on the planet, on the earth than this right here. This would be the perfect arena, the perfect theater for any battle to be fought. I will tell you, I've been there many times. I have preached in this place many times. In this battle, when Jesus comes back at the end of the seven-year tribulation, there is going to be such a catastrophic event that happens on this earth that the blood from the battle is going to flow 200 miles long, 10 miles wide, and six feet deep. The scripture for that is Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 20. Look at this. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Do the math. You can figure it out yourself. Now, after the battle of Armageddon, King Jesus, who will defeat the Antichrist, he is going to lead us, as you know, we've just read the scriptures, that the Mount of Olives will cleave in two. He is going to defeat the Antichrist with just his spoken word. As he defeats the Antichrist with his spoken words, the Bible says he's going to lead us across the Kidron Valley and then we'll go through the Eastern Gate. A lot of you have heard of the old, old song, I will meet you in the morning just inside the eastern gate. I want to give you the scripture for that. It's Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. Afterward, he brought me to the gate. This is prophecy now. The prophet Ezekiel is seeing what is going to happen in the day of the Lord, the revelation, the battle of Armageddon. After he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east, and behold, the glory of God and Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision, which I saw even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Shebar, and I fell upon my face." And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. So the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Okay, now listen, we're coming through the eastern gate. Jesus is now about ready to take his place on the throne of David where he will rule and reign for a thousand years. We'll see, see that in just a moment. And I heard, no, notice this, and I heard him speaking 
unto me out of the house. And the man stood by me and he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. And my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredom nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. And so it is here at the end of the seven-year tribulation when Jesus comes in the revelation, it is here that Jesus takes his place. Ezekiel saw it. He takes his place upon the throne of David. And when this happens, life on the earth will change for a thousand years. This is called the millennium. Life is going to be different. I'm going to give you some of those changes right now. Stay with me. Write these things down. You have the scripture, but you do not have the event. Write the event down. Number one. When the millennium takes place and Jesus defeats the Antichrist in the Valley of Jezreel, the Battle of Armageddon, number one, Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. That's the first thing that's going to happen. Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a little season. I'm not preaching on that in this series, maybe next time. For the first time since the Garden of Eden, we will be free from the influence of the devil. Imagine it. Number two. Another thing that is going to take place in the millennium is this. The fierceness of wild, savage beast is going to be removed from the earth. The fierceness of wild, savage beast will be removed from the earth. The scripture is Isaiah 11, verse 6 and 7. When this happens, when the revelation takes place, the millennium begins. Look at this. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And look at this. And a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. They're grazed together. Their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The fierceness of the wild savage beast will be lifted from the earth in the millennium. Number three, Jesus Christ will rule in person. And this, by the way, is the Davidic covenant Every Sunday morning when I close the service, I give you the Aaronic Covenant, the blessing of the Aaronic Covenant in the Scriptures, the Old Testament. This has to deal with the Davidic Covenant. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse number 16, And thy house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne 
shall be established forever. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And look at this. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, I've told you that when Jesus leads us across the Kidron Valley, through the Eastern Gate, he takes his place on the throne of David. Are you with me? All right, look at this. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Luke chapter 1 verse 32 verse 33 he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. So listen carefully. Today we serve the Lord while he is in heaven. But during the 1,000 years when Jesus rules and reigns from the throne of David, we will serve him face to face. Number four, quickly. Jesus will select Jerusalem to be his established capital. That's already been introduced to the world. But Jesus will declare it officially in the millennium. Jesus will select Jerusalem to be his established capital. The scripture, Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse number 17 at that time, the day of the Lord, in the millennium, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. Number five, all of the saints will reign with Christ. All of the saints will reign with Christ. The scripture, Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, look at this, and shall reign with him a thousand years. All saints will reign with Christ during this millennium for a thousand years. Number six, the land of Israel will have a king once again. The land of Israel will have a king once again. The scripture, the prophecy, Hosea chapter three, verses four through five. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephrod and without a teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God. Look at this. This is incredible. And... David 
their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. And so I believe that it's through this prophecy that the Lord's millennial reign will be shared with King David. And the reason I believe that is in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number nine, because in this resurrection, listen, for this millennial reign, I believe it's going to be here that God raises David up to reign with him on his throne. Look, Jeremiah 39, but they shall serve the Lord, their God, and David, their king, whom I will raise up unto them. That's powerful. Number seven, children will be born in the millennium. And the scripture is this, and you have to look at it carefully. Matthew 24, verses 19 through 22. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. That's talking about the tribulation. There will be people born in the tribulation who will enter into the millennium who will also have offspring during these 1,000 years. It's another sermon, another part of the series. But children will be born in the millennium. Where do, I'll tell you this, as far as I'll go with it today. Where at the end of the 1,000 years, the scripture says Satan will be loosed for a season to deceive the nations. Where do you think that the devil will get his army to challenge God in the end? It's going to be from those people who entered the tribulation as children who entered the tribulation and then who will enter into the millennium, who will grow up and during these 1,000 years, they still reject Jesus. It's another sermon. But the scripture says, verse 20, but pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor even shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And so there are going to be survivors in the tribulation who will enter into the millennium. Also, let me give you the scripture. We've read it one time before already this morning, but let me reiterate it for you. Isaiah 11, 6 through 8. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones, shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. This scripture I want to add to you, uh, bulletin, verse number eight. And the sucking child, you see, little children in the millennium, shall play on the hole of the asp. You say, what's an asp? 
all right? And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den, all right? The asp and the cockatrice are like venomous snakes. But you see, the fierceness of the beast has been taken out in the millennium. And so children, little children, and the sucking child who's going to be in the millennium, look at this, shall play on snake holes who before the millennium was deadly and venomous. Now the fierceness of the beast has been taken away and little children are running everywhere playing. All right, number eight. During these 1,000 years, there is going to be universal peace. The Antichrist is going to bring false peace when he comes on the scene at the beginning of the tribulation. But it's Jesus who brings real peace. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse number 4. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation, look at this, shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So in the millennium, there is going to be a genuine, universal time of peace. Number nine, righteousness will prevail everywhere. Righteousness will prevail everywhere. Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make, look at this, an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So during the millennium, sin will not be the way of life. Number 10, the curse of the earth will be removed. The curse of the earth will be removed. Can you imagine all of this living in a world like this? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 29 and 30. I will also save you from all of your uncleanliness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no more famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. And number 11, this is probably one of the coolest things that is going to take place in the millennium. And that's this. Everybody will speak the same language. There will be no language barriers in the millennium. And the scripture is Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse number 9. We're talking about in the millennium, after the tribulation, in the revelation, when Jesus is ruling and reigning from the throne of David, whom he said, I will raise up King David as well. When that begins, the scripture says, for then, the prophet Zephaniah declared it, for then will I turn to the people, look at this, a pure language that they may all 
call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent, one voice. And so the thing to remember is this. If the rapture were to occur today, we would, we would be seven years before everything we've talked about this morning would take place. When the rapture takes place in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, only the saved will see the Lord appear. This world will be in total chaos. When millions and millions of people are evacuated from the face of the earth, when the trump of God sounds, think about all the catastrophic events that are going to take place all over the world. Think about Christians who are pilots in 747s who are raptured. Think about the conductor of the train when the rapture takes place, if they're born again and they're gone in the twinkling of an eye. Think about the masses amount of people who are driving their automobiles when the trump of God shall sound and they are raptured out. Think about all the crashes and the explosions and all the amber alerts and all the 911 calls. When that takes place, millions and millions of people are evacuated. Those that are left behind do not see this exodus from the earth meeting Jesus in the air. However, it's not the case in the revelation. When Jesus comes back in the revelation, according to the word of God, everybody will see him when he returns with the host of heaven setting his feet on the Mount of Olives. The scripture for that is Revelation chapter one and verse number seven. I want to close with the scripture today as for our musicians to come forward. John writes it this way. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.